You're listening to the HFO Multifamily Market Watch podcast. Apartment owners who need to know trust HFO, the leading source for multifamily information in Oregon and Washington. Welcome back to HFO's Multifamily Market Watch podcast. It's Monday, December 13th. I'm Mike Pierce, HFO Research Analyst. The big stories from this past week. We have an update on the Oregon Rental Assistance Program. Seattle Housing Policy Review. Multifamily Market Report for Seattle. And some updates for the Multifamily Northwest November Rental Survey for Oregon. HFO's podcast are sponsored by the Tax Deferral Group, Butler Exchange Group, serving as a resource to investors, brokers, attorneys, accountants, lenders, and financial planners on the ins and outs of 1031 exchanges. HFO is your leading multifamily real estate firm in Oregon and Washington. Now, on to our news briefing. Oregon is currently working to see how much of any federal aid remains in the Oregon Emergency Rental Assistance Program. The state has given out a total of $360 million to renters, but not all of it went out in checks to those in need. Out of $360 million, $289 million went directly to renters. The remaining amount, approximately $71 million, was split into two different categories, administration and housing stability services. The U.S. Treasury allows for 10% of the total aid to be used in administrative costs. In Oregon, that means $36 million went to just administrative costs and leaves approximately $35 million going to the housing stabilization services instead of going directly to landlords and renters. The Oregon Housing and Community Services, or OHCS, department confirmed Monday that hundreds of renters who were approved to get federal aid were given bad checks. It's unclear how many of the checks were in the batch, but the spokesman for OHCS said about 295 have not been cashed out of the batch. The department says it is working to get in touch with these people. Now, after months of waiting for help, they are continuing to wait. OHCS says they are working to contact those that were impacted. The parties that received bad checks said that they were instructed to mail them back and do not know when they will receive a new one. The problem comes at a time when the state is struggling to figure out how to get more assistance to renters and landlords. Governor Kate Brown has called the legislature back to a special session next Monday to address the issue and discuss another moratorium for the winter months. We'll be following the story closely and have some more updates for you next week. How is Seattle's housing policy performing? While Seattle's population grew about 50,000 people between July 2018 and May 2021, the city added only 4,455 rental housing units. This is far below the council's stated goal of 4,500 new units per year to meet a 25-year goal of 112,000 new rental units. Registrations with the city rental units decreased by 14.4% from 2018, with 4,858 units lost. It's anticipated that even more rental homes would disappear next year when the rental registration reporting is due because of 80% of single-family unit registrations will expire between 2021 and 2022. The Rental Housing Association of Washington places the blame on the city's anti-housing policies stating that Seattle chose to enact a number of policies that reduced housing creation and drove rental homes off the market, points to five specific policies that are hurting the goal to get 4,500 new units per year. They are first in time, which increases the property owner risk by forcing them to rent to first qualified applicant, winter eviction ban, which forces property owners to provide housing for free without any assistance, school year eviction ban, which forces property owners to provide housing for free without any assistance, de facto rent control, which caps rental rates at 10% under penalty of paying the tenant's moving fees, and finally long-term COVID-related eviction protections, such as extended defenses to eviction beyond the eviction moratorium and other contract infringement ordinances. These anti-housing policies increase housing costs for renters and reduce the availability of rental units. They are having the opposite effect the city council stated from their intentions, 
With its economy on track, Seattle is recording strong rental fundamentals. As the economy in the Puget Sound area gets going again and people move back into city centers, rents are also steadily increasing. Through September, Seattle rates rose 2% on the trailing three-month basis and 10% in a year-over-year basis. The slow pace of delivery since the outbreak of the health crisis kept the average rent at 2046, well above the national figure of 1558. As of July, the metro's unemployment area was 5.3%, with Seattle regaining some 101,000 jobs year-over-year. After going through a rough time in 2020, the Emerald City's economy is bouncing back, mainly powered by tech giants. Amazon plans to expand to Bellevue and create 7,000 jobs over the next few years, while Microsoft intends to work at its Redmond campus expansion, which will eventually accommodate 8,000 employees. Moreover, Seattle landed the ninth spot in the Urban Land Institute and PricewaterhouseCoopers ranking of top real estate markets to watch in 2022, which is bound to further boost its overall appeal. Only 5,125 units were added to Seattle's inventory in the first three quarters of the year well below the 10,792-unit annual figure for the past five years. But transaction activity has already surpassed last year's total volume of $1.8 billion, a sign that the metro's multifamily investment market is gradually coming out of the health crisis-induced numbness. And Multifamily Northwest published their November rental survey results, and we have a couple of highlights from Oregon. On average, 8.1% of Oregon households did not pay their rent by the 15th of the month, which represents a consistent trend of improvement since April. April was 14.1%, May was 13.2%, June was 12%, July was 10.9%, and October was 10.1%. Statewide, conventional housing showed progress between October and November, improving 10.5% to 7.7% non-payment. The statewide affordable tax credit units reported 13.8% inability to pay. And the most unexpected result in the survey was from the data collected on properties identified as Class C. Throughout the moratorium, this housing type experienced the most housing instability of any other type. But in November, they reported a dramatic improvement of 6.7% of their occupied units unable to pay rent. That's significantly lower than previous months. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a new edition of Multifamily Market Watch. Be sure to check out our most recent HFO TV interviews. One of our most recent videos features Toya Butler of the Butler Exchange Group, giving an update on the efforts to save the 1031 exchange from the congressional acts. HFO TV interviews are available on our website or our YouTube channel. You can always stay up to date on multifamily news throughout the week by visiting or subscribing to the Northwest Apartment Investor blog, available on our website. Thanks for listening and talk to you next week. Stay in the know with HFO. Listen to podcasts, read the latest news, or watch exclusive HFO TV interviews. Connect to our blog, podcasts, or video interviews directly from our website at hfore.com.